Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles today, would you turn with me to the book of Matthew? The book of Matthew, and I appreciate my wife so very much for making this trip with me. Uh, I have a beautiful, godly wife, a man that I appreciate so very much, and uh, my church. Thank you. I know probably some of them are watching right now. Thank you for lending your pastor to be able to be here today. I appreciate that so very much. I do my best not to miss service, and uh, I just thought that today, when a good friend asked me to come, I thought, you know what, this is the time that I'll take and dismiss myself from my church, and uh, I appreciate you today. If some of you are watching, have a good church at home, even though I'm not there. I'm sure you will. The book of Matthew, again, chapter number 16. Now, I don't know what your custom is here, and I always try to be very respectable or respectful of your custom and your church culture. It is my culture at home, and I'm going to do my very best today to honor your culture, but it is my culture at home on Sunday morning to just flat-out preach. And you've already heard some great teaching, so I assume that you've scratched that itch. So do you mind if I just preach to you for a little bit today? Amen. I really feel that the Lord has given me a word, and I want to deliver it, amen, and into this church. I believe that God is going to speak today. Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse number 13, I will be reading through verse number 18. If you're there, say amen. amen. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, of one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Verse 16 reads, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Everybody say the Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Everybody say, thou art Peter. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look at your neighbor and tell someone today, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look at somebody else and say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. One more time, would you set your Bible down and would you pray that God would reach down and bless us today with his presence. Lord, I ask you right now that, Lord, you would open the ear of every hearer under the sound of my voice. I pray that, God, we would become attuned. And I pray that we would become sensitive, God, to the direction that you are leading us in today. I pray that, Lord, you would break chains asunder. Lord, set us free. Lord, to see great things in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone shout amen. God bless you. You can be seated. For just a little while, I'd like to preach to you from this simple little thought, the prevailing church, the prevailing church. If there has ever been a challenging year, I believe this year has been a challenging, a very challenging year. We have dealt with all kinds of 
disease and we've dealt with death. We've dealt with sickness in the church. There's been times that we've had to shut down. We've had to go exclusively to online services. Uh, we've had parking lot services. We've had to get creative in 2020. And your pastor and I and other ministry have talked at much length about the challenges that the church has faced, especially throughout the beginning portion of this. Uh, in our context in Tracy in California, it was until just a couple of weeks ago that we were actually having church illegally. Our governor, Governor Newsom, told us that we could not come together. And then he, he said a while back when we were able to be together having worship outside, he said, I don't want you singing. You don't, we, we can't have the church singing because maybe somehow, some way, uh, the disease of COVID, the virus of COVID will spread. This has been a challenging year for the church and for the believer and for the ministry. And, and in the course or over the course of the last year, I believe that many, uh, many have begun to consider and wonder and think, is it, is it going to be possible for the church to make it through COVID? Is the church going to be able to make it through all of the death that we have encountered? I mean, it just seems even outside of COVID that, that we have been challenged with hurdle after hurdle after hurdle this year. And, and is it possible, God, I have prayed this myself, is it possible, God, that, that we can have revival in the midst of this? I mean, I, I want to know, God, can we survive? But, but can we maybe even go one step further? And can we have revival uh, in the middle of this season? It was about three months ago that God began to really deal with me. And God began to challenge me to, to accept the notion that we're not just going to survive, but rather that we are going to thrive. I want to say that one more time. It's, it's not that the church is just going to survive 2020, but I believe that the church, everybody say the church, I believe that the church is going to thrive in 2020. I don't believe that our greatest days are behind us, but I believe that our greatest days are ahead of us. I believe that we are going to see more people get the Holy Ghost this year than we've ever seen in years gone by. Why? Because I choose to believe this is the year for revival. Someone shout amen. I believe that this is the year that this church can be filled and overflowing. I believe this is the year that this church can start knocking out walls. I believe this is the year that you can take and see people filled with the Holy Ghost, not just one here and there, but I believe that it can come to the place it can be so, that every time we walk in this house, that people are being filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered and set free in the name of Jesus. I believe that it is this year that we can take dominion and authority over every devil in hell that would try to stop us and say we just can't have revival. Look at your neighbor and say this is the year. You can be seated. This is the year. I've come to speak faith today and tell you this is the year. I know what the devil has said, but I'm, I'm, my ear is attuned to heaven. And heaven is saying, this is the year. This is the year for the waters of baptism to be troubled. 
Oh, yeah, when a lot of churches are closing their doors and they're saying, you know what, we better be safe than sorry. No, 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 I believe we better have revival than not have church at all. I appreciate your man of God and his stand, amen, in saying that we are going to continue to have revival. I drove around the city this morning, Brother Sinclair, and I begin to see there's a lot of places that are not having church. But this man of God says, no, we're going to have church. We'll have church inside. We'll have church outside. But it's not an option for us not to have church because this is going to be the year of being the prevailing church. We are not going to be the shrinking church. We are going to be the church that is ever growing and ever having a move of God. Someone say amen. I believe that, that the church, stick with me today, just give me a long runway, all right? I, I don't know if your pastor told you this, but we're both pilots. The only difference is I'm a little bit sharper pilot than he is. And so we preach with a lot of these aviation terminology. Sometimes when visitors come to my church and I start dropping aviation terms, they don't know what to do with me, but the people that I pastor know. But just give me a little runway today. Is that all right? It is the will of God that God's people be a people that operate in dominion and authority. It is not the will of God that we just be believers. That, that's, that, I thought that would be kind of the response that I got right there. But let me say it again. It is not the will of God that the church just be believers. It is the will of God that God's people be dominion takers. And, and here's the reason why I can say that and it be theologically sound. is because the New Testament writer tells us that the devils believe. The devils believe, but it is not the will of God, nor can they take dominion. The church has to be people that believe, but they're also dominion takers. And, 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 and you've got to learn to take dominion when it's hard to take dominion. You've got to learn how to multiply when it's not easy to multiply. Can I just preach a little while today? In the book of Genesis chapter number 1, in Genesis chapter number 1, we see in verse number 26, let me just start there. You know the story well. God is in the process of making man, and the word of the Lord reads, and God said, verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Everybody shout likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now watch this closely. In verse number 28, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, speaking of Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Everybody shout, be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. This is the will of God for you. Uh, you've got to be fruitful and you've got to multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. You've got to practice lordship over. You've Hmm, hallelujah. You've got to learn to you've got to learn to harness the challenge. You've got to take and be Lord over some things. You've got to learn how to take and be Lord over the spirit of witchcraft and say that spirit will not be in operation within our region. Adam and Eve, you've got to learn to 
practice lordship over and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth, moveth upon the earth. I believe it is that when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen, that you receive back that same dominion that Adam and Eve lost. Mark 16 and 17 through verse number 18 tells us, amen, he that believeth and is baptized, if you'll allow me to put it this way, shall have dominion. He shall be a man, she shall be a woman that walks in dominion. Amen. The writer says he shall lay his hands on the sick and they uh, no it says maybe it says they might recover it says there's a 50 50 chance that they might recover oh come on talk back to me a little bit today uh, the bible says and they shall recover they shall cast out devils they shall take up serpents all oh, god's people are to be a dominion taking people uh, give me a little bit longer runway, all right? Amen. I don't believe that what the Lord was teaching in, in Mark 16 was that we are to be snake handlers. Come on, someone's got to worship. Bring out the snakes. Now, I get this a lot, especially where I'm at. I'm pastoring close to San Francisco. And when people see Pentecostals on our church sign and they walk in, one of the first questions that I have to deal with is, where are the snakes? Because they've done Google searches, Brother Stephen, and they've found out all this stuff that happens in, in, what is it, up in the hill country of West Virginia and Kentucky and maybe parts of Indiana. I don't know. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, that Jesus is not saying that you need to break out snakes and worship with them. That's not the, that's not the point. That's not the premise. But I believe that really, in my opinion, and Pastor St. Clair can come back and straighten this out later if he likes, that Jesus was thinking of Adam. He was thinking of Eve. Remember the story. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're supposed to be operating in dominion and authority. They are supposed to be people that are subduing the land. And here comes that subtle serpent. Oh, called Satan. Here he comes, walking up to Sister Eve and starts to tempt Eve. And Brother Adam, if I can just preach it my way, saw that the serpent was tempting his wife and maybe made his way over to Sister Eve. And instead of subduing the, the serpent and taking dominion of the serpent, Adam continues to allow that serpent to talk trash to his dear little baby when really he should have taken up the serpent and said, you're not going to have dominion over my relationship but I'm going to reverse the role and I'm going to take dominion over the spirit of satanic attack. If the church is going to be the church in 2020, you've got to learn to take the serpent by the head and say, no, you're not going to run off with my family. You're not going to run off with my city. You're not going to run off with my youth group. You're not going to run off with my help. I'll take dominion and authority over you. Someone shout yes. It is the will of God that every man and every woman be a believer that operate in a position and a posture of dominion taking. If we are going to be a prevailing church, not a dying church, but if we're going to be a prevailing church, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You've got to be comfortable with taking dominion. 
I, I know sometimes when you, when you start getting spiritual, a lot of people say, calm down. You're acting a little aggressive. I believe that it's necessary that you have a little violent streak in you if you're going to be a dominion taker. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but let me just say this. When John the Baptist showed up on the scene, he wasn't a passive uh, evangelist that just kind of stood up and gave a TED talk for Jesus. But oh, John the Baptist was a little bit wild looking. When you looked into his eye, it looked like he was ready to fight. And Jesus says this of John the Baptist, for the kingdom of God suffereth but the violent take it by force I believe if you're going to take and walk in dominion you've got to get a little bit of dominion taking violent spirit on you that says devil you're not going to have my family devil you're not going to have my finance devil you're not going to have my mind I feel the Holy Ghost you're not going to take my joy you're not going to take my peace someone shout amen You've got to learn to press. You've got to learn to, to push into this thing. I want to really preach today. I feel like I'm in a church that can handle. I've been praying, and this is just where I've been at for the last little while. So you just have to just let me preach to you my heart. But I believe that this church is, is in the right position. You are, you've got all of the ingredients that you need. The Lord knows that you've got all the ingredients that you need. But I just kind of felt a little spirit in the prayer room. Amen. Throughout this week and time spent in fasting. Amen. That says, I didn't come to preach to ministry. I came to preach to the saints. That there's got to be something that gets deep down on the inside of you. That says, no, we're not going to continue to be the saints same old church that we've always been we're not going to be comfortable with the constraints of these walls but it's time pastor St. Clair amen that we take dominion over everything that would try to stop us amen I prophesy to you today amen this is not all that God has in store this is not everything that God has for Anderson but I see greater buildings I see church plants I hallelujah I see balconies amen filled and overflowing anybody believe it this morning would you put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise oh let me let me just say this and I'll move on uh, I, I really I really feel to say this today it's not the will of God that Pastor and Sister Sinclair be the only dominion takers within the church. Uh -huh. I wish I had a little bit more response right there. But I'm just going to preach anyways. I'm just going to close my eyes and not look at you. And I'm just going to preach. Amen. Thank God for a dominion taking pastor. But it's not the will of God that he be the only man that know how to pray and get in the Holy Ghost. It's not the will of God that Sister Sinclair be the only one that knows how to step into the dimension of intercessory prayer. God is looking for some senior saints that say, Pastor, I'm going to labor alongside of you. And I need some young people to hear me right now. It's not the will of God that you always just be carnal. But it's the will of God that you learn how to take dominion and authority and step into the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, raise up a generation of dominion-taking men and women of God. 
Anybody hear me today? Oh, hallelujah. I've come to shake some things up in the Holy Ghost. Amen. What would happen? Amen. And I know I'm in a praying church, but I just want to preach what God's given me. Amen. What would happen if we wake up tomorrow morning? If we woke up, I should say, my daddy would have corrected that English real fast. But what would happen if we woke up tomorrow morning and said, you know what? I'm going down to the house of God and I'm going to kick the devil in the teeth. I'm going to take dominion over the spirit of addiction. Y'all must not fight that stuff here. I tell you what, in California, we're fighting spirits of witchcraft right now like I've never seen. We're fighting homosexuality and perversion. My God, Brother Stephen, if you preach that way in California, there'd be people that were offended because they don't like to hear that. But we've got to understand that if we're going to be the church... We've got to learn to be able to speak out and take dominion. Amen. You must not fight the spirits of addiction here like I fight them at home. So maybe I just got the wrong address today. But I believe the church has enough power and enough authority that you can cause every drug dealer in this region to have to go out of business. I believe you got enough authority and enough power that you can pray every bar out of this city. I believe that you've got enough authority and I believe you've got enough power to shut up every bar. Why not? You're the people of God. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel it from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. It's the will of God that we win not just the city, but we win the region. I'm tired of, of the old paradigms that said God put a church in a city to reach the city. And I, I know they meant well, and I, I believe that they were pure in heart. But I'm praying, God, I don't want to just win Tracy. i got to win my region. I've got to win Vernalis, and I've got to win Livermore, and I've got to win Mountain House. What would happen if we begin to say, devil, we're taking back Anderson, but we're also taking all these other cities around us. We're going to pray you out of business. We don't believe that. We don't believe that God can do that. We don't believe we have that kind of power. Well, let me preach to you, amen, some good news today. Uh, you've got more power in your pinky than all the devil's forces have together. When the church begins to take dominion and authority, there is nothing that can stop the church. You can be seated. The church, it's all right. Please forgive me. If you came for Bible hour, I apologize. A kingdom, get this, a kingdom must enlarge and extend itself. Let me just, you can be seated. Let me just give this to you real quick. And, and, and I need you to see something in the natural before I show you something in the spiritual. Paul even said this, that we learn, we learn spiritual concepts and principles from, from natural things. Uh, kingdoms must always be growing. I know this is not a very popular concept in philosophy, especially in the 21st century. Uh, because colonization is a ruthless, ruthless act. Uh, but, but if you study history at any length at all, you go back to the ancient Greeks, 
Victor Hansen, scholar from Stanford, tells us this, that the ancient Greeks saw that they, if they were going to continue to thrive as a society, and if their culture was going to be continued from one generation unto the next, if it was going to be sustained, the ancient Greeks felt as if they had to take the entire parameter of the Mediterranean. And I don't have too much time today to dive into what they were not able to accomplish. But the ancient Romans, those that preceded the ancient Greeks, picked up with that same idea that if we're going to be a people of great wealth and if we're going to be a people of great strength militarily and, uh, and, and even just as, as a civilization, we've got to take the entire parameter of the Mediterranean. And so the Romans were the first, at least according to secular history, if we read it right, they are the first society that is able to encompass and, and put soldiers and take dominion over every country or over every land across the parameter or around the parameter of the Mediterranean. Why this was important for the Greeks and it was especially important for the Romans was because the ancient Mediterranean or the Mediterranean Sea for ancient times represented the superhighway of its day. There were not vehicles and airplanes. Everything had to be transported via sea. And so if the Romans or the Greeks were able to take the entire parameter, they could control all of the resources of Africa, the African continent. They could encompass and they could take all of the resources of the Middle East. They could take all of the silk from India and all of the textiles or textiles from China. If they encompassed the entire parameter of the Mediterranean, they had complete control of what they called the known world. It was essential that this kingdom, everybody say kingdom. It was essential that the kingdom overcome all of the lands. And that is very important as you study ancient Romans. They were ruthless, but they had to be because they knew that their long-term dependence depended on, or their longevity depended on them always possessing new territories and new lands, taking the resources from the lands, taking resources out of Africa and India and enriching their culture. <clears throat> Probably better understood is the, the, the kingdom of Great Britain in contemporary times. We know them to be a colonizing force. In the 1400s or the 15th century, England, just a small little island, hear me now, in the, in, the, in the Atlantic, not in the middle of the Atlantic, but in the Atlantic, decided that they were not going to be considered as just some kind of small uh, monarchical power, but that their long-term sustainability depended upon them continuing to expand. And from the 15th century until really the middle of the 20th century, England began to expand. They knew, I, I don't want to be too repetitive, but they knew if we are not enlarging and extending ourselves, that we will not continue to survive as a civilization. They took India. They took much of Africa. They took many of the islands around the world. They took Canada. They took Australia. They took Hong Kong. Everywhere that they could take, they took it because they knew if we are going to continue to thrive as a society, we've got to be expanding. We've got to be growing. If the church would only get a hold of that concept, that there's no such thing as maintaining 
Oh, come on. I got my workout from, cut out for me right now. There's no such thing as the church just maintaining. There's no, there's no such thing as the church just being 100 today and 100 next year. If we are not growing, then we are dying. Anybody hear me this morning? If we are not seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost, then we are dying. If we are not seeing miracles, signs, and wonders, we are dying. But I've got good news for you today. We're going to be a thriving and a prevailing church that says we're going to continue to take more dominion and more authority with God's help. Someone shout amen. Stick with me for just a few more moments. I'm not going to preach too much longer. I want to quickly get to where I want to get to. If you study the ancient Greeks, if you study the ancient Romans, if you study the, the, the English of the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th century, you will find that they were ruthless people. They were terrorists, really, quite, quite literally. They were terrorists. They would go into Nigeria, and they would, they would subdue. They would take lordship over those people, and they would begin in modern times. Still yet today, I have a good Nigerian brother in my church. He told me just Thursday night before I came out here, he says, Pastor, England is still pulling out every bit of oil out of Nigeria. The Nigerians are left with no wealth, and it is one of the most wealthy nations in the world. They take all of our minerals. England has been taking all of that for many hundreds of years to expand and enrich their kingdom. And the reason why they've been able to do it, and France and Portugal as well, is because when they go into these territories that are new territories, this is very important, when they go into these new territories, they do not go in with the spirit of, of trying to, to sit down and have conference with. They do not try to take and, 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 and just kind of just speak nicely to. They do not try to go in with the spirit of diplomacy. That's the word I was looking for. They do not try to get them to sit down and say, now look, here's the deal. When all of these colonizers and these people that took these new territories went into Nigeria, went into West Africa, Ivory Coast, went into Brazil, went into Canada, even the United States faced it if you know your revolutionary history. They came in, these conquerors came in with a spirit of being ruthless. They were not, they were not good Christian folk. You got to understand that. They came in with a spirit of aggression and they came in with a spirit of violence. Why do I say that today? I say that to help you understand that we will never take what God has intended for us to take by just sitting down with the adversary and saying you know what let's talk let's have a good let's let's negotiate on the things that you want and we'll negotiate on the things that the kingdom of god wants you can't you cannot approach the kingdom of god that way anybody hearing me right now when you approach the spirit of darkness or the kingdom of darkness there's got to be an aggression in your spirit that says you've had what you've had for far too long you've had my family for far too long You've had my children for far too long. You've had my health for far too long. And I'm here today to take it back. If it takes a 24-hour prayer meeting, I'll pray 24 hours. If it takes a 21-day fast, I'll fast. But I've come to take dominion and authority over everything that you've taken. Come on, someone shout amen. 
The will of God is that the church, everybody shout the church. The will of God is that the church be prevailing. The church, the church, not a church, but the church is not going to falter. The church is not going to break. I know you felt the pressure this year, but the church is going to make it. The church is going to survive. But there's got to be an aggression. Uh-huh. There's got to be an aggression. I'm just going to act like I'm preaching to my church today. Uh, I'm tired of seeing barren altars. Uh, until you get that way, I, I just realize in my own spirit, until I get that way, I'm not going to see anybody filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm tired of saying, you know what, miracle signs and wonders are only for Africa and Central and South America. No, no, no. I believe that miracles, signs, and wonders can take place not only in Africa and Brazil and Uruguay, but I believe miracles, signs, and wonders can take place right here in Anderson. I believe that you can walk into your workplace tomorrow and say, I've come to serve every devil in this place. Notice, you're not staying here one more day. I'm taking dominion and authority over you. The church, am I talking to anybody? The church, myself included, has felt the buffeting. I don't know if I've ever felt it quite like this, Brother St. Clair. I have felt a buffeting this year. I'm just going to be transparent. Your pastor probably, amen, hasn't felt this. He's a lot more spiritual than I am. But I, in my own spirit, have felt, oh God, are we going to, are we going to make it? I've got people walking out and backsliding, said they don't want holiness no more. Don't want separation. They don't want what I'm preaching. And that's like I'm trying just to hold on for dear life as I feel the buffeting of hell. It's like an airplane as it's approaching the speed of sound. There's a buffeting. Chuck Yeager says this when he broke the sound barrier. He said, when I begin to approach Mach 1, there was a buffeting. But he kept on pushing the throttle forward. When many people would have probably pulled the throttle back and said, you know what? This is a little too dangerous. I just don't know if we should keep on preaching revival. And I don't know if we should just keep on preaching commitment. Keep on preaching prayer. Oh, yeah. You know what Brother Chuck Yeager did? He said, I'm going to keep on pushing forward. I believe the pastor of this house says, we're not going to pull back, but we're going to keep on pushing forward. Uh, throttle to the wall. Uh, we're going to have us some revival when nobody else be seeming to have revival. Uh, we're going to have miracle signs and wonders. Come on, if you believe it, shout yes. Oh, I feel God's about to put something on us today. Amen. And we never walk back in this house the same way. A spirit that says it's time for us to shake this city. Prevail. A prevailing church is the only kind of church that we need to be. We don't need to be a charismatic church. 
You don't have to get nervous, Pastor, but uh, uh, you got a good church here, but we're not a charismatic church. We're not going to try to build a church on gimmicks and programs. We're going to build a church on good old apostolic dynamics, such as miracles, signs and wonders, and taking dominion. Why? Because that's the only kind of church that's going to be a prevailing church. That's the only kind of church that's going to make it through the end time. Matthew chapter 11. It's all right. Matthew chapter 11. I've already quoted it once today. Verse number 12. There's a couple things here I want you to see. And I probably shouldn't do this. But let me just point out some things. Because I want to help someone. I believe someone's going to get the Holy Ghost today. Let me actually take you to to Luke chapter 16 first. Luke chapter 16, multimedia team, I apologize. Put that verse up on the screen for me. It is the parallel passage from the book of Matthew chapter number 11. However, it's worded just a little bit differently. There's two things I need to deal with quickly. For those of you that are maybe a little bit perplexed about what I'm preaching today, about the kingdom of God. There is an aggression that you too must have when it comes to approaching the kingdom of God. I'm going to preach the flip side of this in just a second, but, but, but you'll never get the kingdom without pressing into it. You'll never get the kingdom with just a simple, just kind of little confession. You've got to press into the kingdom. It takes, if you're going to be saved, it, it's going to take more than just kind of showing up. It's going to take an aggression that says, I'm pushing into the kingdom of God. The law and the prophets were under John since that time the kingdom of God preached. And the Bible says every man, say every man, every man presseth into it. When you come into the kingdom of God, you don't just kind of casually walk into the kingdom of God. But the devil's going to fight you with everything he's got. If you don't have the Holy Ghost today or maybe you just got the Holy Ghost in the last couple of weeks, you are the ones to whom I am preaching. You understand that the devil's going to come against you with all hell as you begin to push into the kingdom of God. When you come up out of the watery grace of baptism, you're going to go home and you're going to be saying to yourself, my, I should be feeling pretty good, but I'm fighting all kinds of hell. My husband that never used to fight with me is fighting with me and my kids uh, that never like that that always loved me now they don't like me i'm dealing with the situation right now i'm dealing with oh i got so many new converts so many oh i love new converts if you're a new convert today i love you i love i love babes in the lord i'm dealing with the situation right now I, i shared this just a couple of nights ago We've had this woman, she's, I think she's 20 years old. Her name's Paloma. She's been coming to church for the last six weeks, hungry for God. But she's just kind of approached at laissez-faire, just showing up, just hoping that God might smite her with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> In a good way. That's probably not the best choice of words, but just give her the Holy Ghost. And, and here's the thing. She's just kind of approached it casually. I'll get back to what I'm preaching in a moment. But she just kind of approached it like, oh, I think going to church is going to be what does it for me. And she's come for six weeks. And over the last six weeks until last week, I started to realize, my wife as well, started to realize that she's getting frustrated. Because God's not just doing something dynamic and incredible. 
But she wasn't willing to really lift her hands. She wasn't willing to come to the altar. She wasn't willing to cry out for God. And, and all of a sudden, we begin to hear from her mother that there's been some family curses that have been coming, at least resurfacing, against this young lady. And, and these, these, these curses, it is believed that they've been trying. We're from weird California, folks. We believe in curses, all right? I, I come back to Indiana, and I'm like, oh, America's normal. I believe in America again. I'm from the lands of fruit and nuts, I guess they say. And so we got people, Sister Paloma, her mama comes to us and says, Pastor, tells my wife, uh, we, we, have a, we have a witch in the family. And she has put a curse on Paloma. And this is the reason why she's not been able, we believe, she's not been able to get the Holy Ghost. And so just last week, we got to preaching on Sunday night about really what I'm preaching about today. About just getting a spirit of aggression inside of you that says, Devil, you're not stopping me. Oh, you're not stopping me. Yeah. I've been coming to church for five years. Can I preach to someone? I've been coming to church for five years and haven't got the Holy Ghost yet. I was really preaching to that spirit. And at the end of the service, altar calls taking place. And I don't know what came over, uh, what came across or what came over Sister Paloma, but she lifted up her hands. And I went over and I put my hand on her head and began to take dominion and authority. And for the first time, I saw her begin to cry out and begin to, begin to shout and begin to worship. Now, that's, that's not just coincidental to someone receiving the Holy Ghost. That is significant. It shows that they're pressing into the kingdom of God. Even before they felt the Holy Ghost, they're pressing in. And as she began to press in to the kingdom of God, she began to lift up her hands. I, I'm pretty good at reading people. I could tell she wasn't really feeling anything for about the first 30 seconds. But she just began to cry out to God. She began to press out. She began to press. And as she began to lift up her voice, the, I saw with my own two eyes, immediately the Holy Ghost came upon her. And she was miraculously filled with the wonderful gift of the Spirit. Can I tell you today, if you want the kingdom of God, you've got to learn to press into it. You've got to learn to say, today's my day for a miracle. Today's my day for the Holy Ghost. I'm not leaving until I get it. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me today. You've got to get the spirit that the old woman with the issue of blood had. They said, I'm getting to Jesus. If I've got to push my way past a bunch of people, if I've got to if I've got to lose my manners, I'm going to get a touch of God. Come on, lift your hands right now and praise the Lord. I'm almost done preaching music. Get ready to come. I, give me just about five or so more minutes. You'll never get it. I'm about to move on. You'll never get it just sitting there. My 88 or 83-year-old grandma, great-grandmother, she was the town's prostitute and alcoholic in Bakersfield, California. She had saw her son get saved and go on the missions field for 30-some years. My grandfather, a great, great, great missionary, but she never had come to the Lord. She lived a dysfunctional life. She would come to church, but, but she, just, she just wouldn't break through. But at 83, something happened in her spirit, and she said, I'm going to press into the kingdom of God. 
I'm going to press in. I said, I'm going to press in. And she walked into that church off Chester. And she walked in. They put her in a little kind of lazy boy. It's hard to imagine. But my, my dear great-grandmother lifted up her hands at 83. And she pressed her way in. I want you to know today, even if you're a little bit elderly, you can still press. You can still press. She lifted up her hands. And Brother Leon Frost came and prayed over her. And at 83, at 83, at 83, God filled her with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost but it took her learning to press in and say today's my day of salvation come on I believe someone's God's going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost this morning if you believe it shout yes but, but let me just preach to the church for about five more minutes Ah, not only does the new believer have to learn to press but the church has got to learn to press Ah, if you're going to be a prevailing church you've got to learn to put your shoulder to the plow and say I'm not just going to be a tithe payer and thank God for being a tithe payer amen and I'm not just going to be faithful on Sunday morning and thank you for being faithful on Sunday morning but I'm going to be someone that learns how to stir up the Holy Ghost I'm going to be someone that learns how to take dominion and authority in the Holy Ghost Uh-huh. Someone shout yes. Oh, hallelujah. I've already quoted it today. Let me take you back there one more time. Matthew chapter 11, verse number 12. Oh, John the Baptist, he does not look nearly as sophisticated as I and your pastor does today. He wasn't eating filet mignon from Ruth, Cl Ruth Chris. Almost spoke in tongues right there when I said it. Y'all have Ruth Chris out here? Praise God. All right. Uh, he, he was a man that, that knew what it was to live on the backside of a wilderness. He was a man that ate locusts and wild honey. Doesn't that sound appetizing? But, lo, but Brother John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from the moment of his conception. The Bible says that that baby jumped in Elizabeth's womb when Mary showed up. Hallelujah. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when he came out of that womb and began to grow into the maturity of the man that God intended him to be, and probably when he reached the age of about 30, he did not have all of the compliments of a good preacher. He wasn't probably articulate. He wasn't filled with oratory. But he was a man that was filled with the Holy Ghost. And watch this. He was a man that came proclaiming the kingdom. The Lord's been really working with me lately. I'm tired of preaching cute little messages that don't touch anybody. I, I, I'm just getting back to the place I'm preaching real simple. Repent, repent, repent. John didn't show up and try to break down deep theological concepts. There's nothing wrong with it. But John showed up with a, with a simple little message. Repent, repent, repent. He told the Pharisees to repent. He told the Sadducees to repent. He told the publicans to repent. There was something that would come over John that says, I don't care who you are, but I'm going to tell you how to enter into the kingdom of God I am preparing I'm preparing I am proclaiming I am heralding the kingdom of God 
and Jesus looks back upon his cousin after his head's been cut off oh my brother Herod he looks back on brother uh, brother John and he says this about him that man and this is my version I'm not quoting you got it on the screen but there was something that John the Baptist had it was a violent spirit that says I'm tired of Israel being backslidden filled with sorcery and witchcraft I am here to declare and proclaim the kingdom of the gospel of the kingdom of God amen I don't believe it's just for John to be a proclaimer I believe it's the will of God for you to be a proclaimer someone shout amen Oh, I'm going to preach this off me today. I might not have any voice today. It's the will of God that when you walk into that factory tomorrow morning, that somebody knows that you've been with Jesus. It's the will of God when you walk into that office tomorrow that you start proclaiming the kingdom of God. My, 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 I feel like preaching. I better stop before I get in trouble. Oh, but if we're going to see the prevailing church be the prevailing church, it's going to take some men and some women, some boys and some girls that says nothing is going to stop us. There's nothing that's going to refrain us. I said there's nothing that's going to stop us from moving forward. There's going to be times that we encounter resistance just as Daniel encountered in Daniel chapter number 10. The Bible says that Daniel got to praying and nothing happened. We know what that feels like but after 21 days of prayer and fasting finally the angel shows up and says I'm thankful that you didn't stop praying brother Daniel because I've been contending with the spirits of Persia and I had to wait until Michael showed up to set me free I know you've been praying a long time for revival I know you've been praying a long time for miracle signs and wonders but I keep on praying I said I keep on praying I keep on fasting until something happens in the Holy Ghost would you stand right now watch this in Matthew chapter 16 oh hallelujah God's about to move in this place we're gonna we're gonna get a spirit that says nothing's gonna stop the church for a long time brother Sinclair I've even believed it myself at times that the church is just a kind of it's it's not supposed to really antagonize hell and i believe that you got to be wise you, you don't you don't want to preach this way if if you're carnal but but i also know that kind of thinking has put us into a corner or we're afraid of hell we're, we're yes we're, we're, we're defensive we, we don't want to take and engage hell we don't we we don't want to engage it we do not want to take dominion over it and so what we do is we just kind of allow the devil just to kind of slowly push us back step by step by step we keep on going back and we don't even know we're going back until one day we wake up and we say my god how did i get here and the devil has you curled up in a ball and you're just fighting for your life and you're just trying to make it and you start calling ministry saying pastor please please pray for me i'm, I'm thinking about backsliding I'm, I'm going through i'm going through all of this that's where hell wants you but god does not want you in the fetal position
God doesn't want you in the fetal position just saying oh Lord let me survive you've got to become more than just a survivor you've got to learn how to become a thriver this says devil you've had me in the corner for far too long I'm coming out with my shoulders square my head held high I'm putting my spiritual fist up and I'm taking dominion and authority Come on, we're a part of a prevailing church. I said we're part of a prevailing church. Ooh. Hallelujah. Jesus looks at Peter in Matthew chapter number 16. And he says, Peter, I want you to understand one thing. Oh, I want you to get this today. I want you to get one thing, Peter. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Oh, what did Jesus mean? He was not talking about a defensive assault, but Jesus was talking about the church saying, we're charging the gates of hell. You better not try to charge the gates of hell all by yourself. But when you get together with a brother, when you connect with a sister, and you say, you know what, we're not going to allow the adversary to push us back one more day. We are going to charge the gates of hell. Help me out today. Just a second. What does the word say? If, if one can put a thousand to fight two can put ten thousand to fight I believe there's power in unity I believe there's power in prayer I believe when you get into one mind and one accord something begins to break Come here, pastor, if you would help me. Amen. Your pastor, I, I, I just feel to do this today in the Holy Ghost. It's not the will of God. I know I'm digressing, but it's not the will of God that he be the only one interceding. But when a brother links up, give me a brother. Come on, give me a brother. Give me a brother. I need someone quick. When I link up with a brother, it my 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 it becomes more powerful. You begin to push the adversary back. Oh, I like praying by myself. Don't get me wrong. But there's something that comes over me when I connect with a brother, when I connect with a sister. I believe that the devil doesn't look at it as the same. There's something that begins to break. And when the church gets together, I said, when the church gets together, Oh! Have you ever taken the time to consider how long those 120 had been praying in that upper room? Sister Lauren, 120, not just one or two. Brother Stephen, it was, it was 120. They didn't pray for an hour. They didn't pray for just a couple hours, Brother Jordan. I like your spirit, man. Keep on backing me up, all right? They didn't pray for just a few days. At least according to my study, and Pastor, come straighten this out, it looks like it was about seven days that they did not leave that upper room for a Starbucks. 
That's hard for me to do right there. I thought seven days. They just got to praying. They didn't have much to shout about. But they just got to praying. And as they got to praying... It didn't happen on the first day. It didn't happen on the second day. But it came about the seventh day. Oh, my, 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 my. And about the seventh day, the Holy Ghost got to move it. Something. the spirit I'm almost done they had the spirit we're going to be a prevailing church we may not have them with us anymore in person but we're going to be a prevailing church we're going to walk in the same power that he walked in we're going to walk in the same authority come on lift up your hands right now come on lift up your hands right now Oh, come on, lift up your hands. And I want you to begin to say, God, you've got to cause me to get a mindset that says I'm sick and tired of not seeing what you've promised. Come on, that's it, church. That's it, church. You're doing good. Come on, get an aggression. You may even have to pray. God, I've allowed a spirit of apathy to come on me. But God, today I pray that you would allow me to leave this place with a new anointing. God, let me leave this place with a new presence. Let me leave this place with dominion taking authority and power. Come on, we're going to push through it today. I don't know what your custom is, but we're going to follow the Holy Ghost. Every hand raised right now. Every hand raised. Come on, would you begin to say, God, i got to get what this preacher's been talking about. I'm tired of seeing the devil rob me of too many things for far too long. Come on, that's it, young adult, right now. Would you just begin to say, God, you've got to give it all back. hear me for just a second and I'm, I'm done you gotta get the spirit of the old missionary I believe it was brother DeMerchant a man that your pastor and I, I think your pastor knows much about him I, I appreciated this man so much honored him missionary to Brazil great great anointed missionary float, float plane, plane pilot would fly back into the jungles of the Amazon Established churches fly back home. And if you know anything about Brazil, you understand that there's a lot of demonic activity. Lots of demonic activity there. And it was, Brother DeMerchant was out doing ministry. And he flies back on his float plane and he ties it there to the little dock that he had. And he probably pumps it up with fuel. He secures the bird and he walks into his little, little place. And he walks in and immediately he can see that the room has been has been raided. It looked like the cops had come in and had destroyed everything. Looked through all the drawers, took mirrors off the, the wall and pictures off the wall. The place was a mess. And Brother DeMerchant was a man that, that was, was spiritual and walked in the Holy Ghost. 
and he could tell immediately there was a check in his spirit that said this is not this has not been done by the police this has not been done by a thief but this has been done by the devil to try to intimidate you and get you to stop doing the work of God and at about that point in time brother Demerchant said I begin to take dominion and authority over that spirit that had come into my house he began to rebuke the devil if you don't know what that sounds like it sounds like this devil I rebuke you in the name of Jesus devil I take authority in the name of Jesus and brother, brother Demerchant said immediately, immediately he could feel the peace of the Holy Ghost just descend upon that little apartment. And he got to looking around. This is funny, Brother St. Clair. He got to looking around and said, man, I got hours of work to do. I got I to gotta put everything back. And the, Bi uh, the Bible says, Brother Demerchant said uh, that he resummons the devil and said, devil, get back in this house and you put back everything that you messed up. I know the 21st century church has a real problem with that but that's the way you got to get with the adversary devil you get back here and you put it all back together you've destroyed my home you've destroyed my mind you've destroyed my peace you've got to give it back to me today you've got to be a prevailing church you've got to be a prevailing church you've got to be a prevailing church I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel faith arising right now. I feel faith arising. I'm trying to get out of the way. 30, I think it was about 25 years ago, my grandfather was in Ivory Coast. And he would go back just like Brother Demerchant. He would go back into the jungles and he would preach. And it is their custom there that they have a witch doctor in nearly every village. Above the witch doctor's house or, 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 or place of residence, they'll put up a white flag. Letting you know that's where you are to go if you have a problem, if you have a health issue. And so people in African culture, especially Western African culture, they are accustomed to going to the witch doctor often and listening to them and him as a spiritual leader. My grandfather went into that village and he preached the gospel. And they made several converts on the first night. Many people were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God, God is doing great things in Africa. God filled many there and delivered many. And he went back. It was his custom. He never stayed in the village. He would always go back out to the hotels on the main highway. And he goes back to the hotel that night, sleeps great, comes back the next morning. He's going to do it all over again. And when he comes back, many of the people from that tribe came out uh, before the village and said, Papa Allard, Papa Allard, you cannot go in. You cannot go into the village. The witch doctor has put a string around the entire village. And at the moment in the time that you cross that string, you are going to fall dead. It is a curse that they have put upon you. And my grandfather, I'm glad to tell you today, he didn't stop for five seconds to consider whether or not he should go on back to his hotel and have him a nice little hamburger. He's, he told those people, he said, thank you for telling me, but we're still going under the village and we're going to preach the gospel. And my grandfather watched, I'm preaching about a prevailing church and a dominion taking church. My grandfather squared his shoulders and kept 
started walking he walked right across that string and when he did not drop dead of a heart attack the entire village received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost I've come to tell somebody today what the devil's been telling you it's a lie it's a lie it's a lie you've got to learn to take dominion you've got to learn to take authority right now would you lift up your hands and would you begin to push in the Holy Ghost Come on, push, 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 push.